heads even as we pray. Gracious Father in heaven, we just want to bless you. We thank you for the privilege to gather us here in your presence. Lord, we have come to receive of your word, your word which is able to transform our lives. I ask that in the name of Jesus, you would minister your word unto our hearts, O God. And may our lives be transformed in the name of Jesus. Oh, gracious Father in heaven, I pray that, Lord, you will speak through my lips. Let everyone who hears your word be blessed. And let the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, be exalted in this place. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Amen. God is good. All the time. God is really good. Amen. Um, we're carrying on from where we stopped last week. Hallelujah. Um, we're going to look at the book of First Corinthians. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter 2. We're taking it from verses 12 to 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, from verses 12 to 14. Hallelujah. Are we all there? Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay? In our usual manner, let's read together one to go. Furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel, the door was opened to me by the Lord, I had no rest in my spirit because I did not find Titus my brother, but taking my leave of them, departed for Macedonia. Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. And let's read John chapter 10 verse 10. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Um, We're carrying on from where we left off last Sunday. And the title of my sermon this morning is Triumphant Life. Hallelujah. We're looking at the part three of the same sermon. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay. And so just to perhaps you're watching online. You know, we started the service by saying that the Christian life is a life that is called to perpetual triumph. Hallelujah. In other words, I must or God has called me to win always. Hallelujah. You know, there's a particular song we always used to sing. It says, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Hallelujah. In other words, you understand that I'm not winning or my life of victory is not based on the fact that i have the strength of my own but the scripture says that what who always leads us in triumph in christ jesus in other words when you begin to function from the understanding that christ is in me your approach to life should be one that what demands victory regardless of whatever we encounter in the course of our existence. Praise the name of the Lord. And I began to say that one of the things that happened at creation was the fact that Adam and Eve, as a result of them being deceived of the devil, the scripture made us understand that what their identity was lost in the sense that they were driven out of the garden of Eden. But Jesus came to say that what that life, that thing that Adam and Eve lost, in the Garden of Eden, Jesus is claiming here, said that I have come 
that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So we begin to look at what does that life actually mean. And we concluded that that life simply means what? Zoe. In other words, the God kind of life. I cannot overemphasize this. There are many types of lives, but the reason why Jesus came was to impart on you and I the God kind of life. In other words, we agree to the fact that everything reproduces after its own kind. And so if God says in the book of Genesis, let us make man in our own image. Hallelujah. In other words, I possess the nature of God. Praise God. And so when I say I function according to God or in the order of God, I'm not blaspheming. I'm only proving myself true to type. Hallelujah. If you see me barking like a dog, I'm acting in a, sorry, I'm acting contrary to my nature. Praise God. Because I did not come from a dog. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. When you see a lion roaring or you see a cub, so to speak, roaring, they are only being true to type. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay? And so we ended up saying that according to the triumphant life, that Jesus himself has now become what? The cross of Calvary is now the symbol of our victory. Praise the name of the Lord. That the cross of Calvary is our symbol of victory. And how do we know this? Paul says that, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom of God, which God ordained before for our glory. In other words, that he says that which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. You know, the disciples, when Jesus had died, they thought that the enemy won. But not knowing that what? God was what? Securing eternal victory for you and I. And so, what then does a Zoe life look like? What is the essence of the life of victory? We came here to say that one of the things or the natures of this life is that what? It gives man the life of God, causing him to be a new creature. That's why the Bible says that what? If any man be in Christ, all things have passed away and all things have become new. Secondly, is that it enables us to know God and be intimate with him. In other words, the Bible says that when Jesus had died, the, the Bible tells us that what the veil was torn into two, giving us access into the Father. Praise God. In other words, I can approach God, no protocols observed, just like how a child would run in here. A classical example, if I'm preaching here and any of my children run, they don't care whether you're here. They are running to meet who? Their father. Praise the name of the Lord. And the only reason that they have such a confidence is because they understand how much I love them. That is the same thing that God is calling you and I. That as a reason of Jesus dying on the cross of Calvary for you and I, we can now know God in an intimate nature. Praise God. But the third thing is that what? I function in the order of Christ. The Bible said that what? In him was light and that light was the life of men. And so that I walk in the order of Jesus Christ. Number four is that it enables me to live in the power of Christ. Number five is that what? It gives me freedom from sin. And finally what? I have the abundant life. And so today we're just looking at if the Bible tells us that Jesus is the template 
Praise God. In other words, if Jesus is the example I'm supposed to follow, then wisdom demands that I begin to ask myself, how did Jesus perpetually live a life of victory while he was here on earth? Praise God. Peter was saying that for you have been called for this purpose because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example. And he says, so that you may what? Follow in his steps. Praise God. So that you and I would follow in his steps. So we begin to look then, then. How then can I live victoriously? How can I live victoriously? I came up with a couple of points here. Number one being that what? We must first of all sort out the issue of identity. Praise the name of the Lord. So we begin to look at them one after the other. Now the Bible tells us that in the book of 1 John chapter 5 verse 4. It says for whoever is born of God does what? Overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith. For who is he who overcomes the world except for he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? In other words, no matter how you desire victory, the first access or the first requirement for you to enjoy a triumphant life is that you must make Jesus the Lord of your life. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, the reason why this is important is because I'll give an example. The Bible tells us in the book of Exodus that the children of Israel were under hardship. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us that what that their taskmasters began to oppress them beyond what they could bear. And so their cry went unto God. And the reason why God had to fight on their behalf was because the Bible tells us that God said to Moses that in the past... I have come before as the God of Abraham. He says, I appeared to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, as God Almighty. Praise God. But he says, now, tell the children of Israel, I am coming to them as Lord. You see, that essence there, Lord, is that what? I'm coming to take what belongs to me. Praise God. So when you say Jesus is your Lord and your Savior, you are agreeing to the fact that I no longer belong to myself, but God, rather I belong to Jesus. Hallelujah. And so from that time going forward, Jesus takes absolute responsibility for your welfare and my welfare. And so it says that for whoever believes that Jesus is the Son of God, has done what? Overcome the world. And so the day you became born again, or perhaps you are not yet a born again Christian, or perhaps you have not yet made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, this is where to start from. Hallelujah. Again, the story goes that Nicodemus came to approach Jesus by night, and he says that, you know what, Master, that based on all I can see in your life, the scripture does the book of John chapter 2. It says, for no man can do these things except God be with him. Hallelujah. What things was he talking about? He was seeing the remarkable things that Christ was doing. He was speaking with the wisdom and authority as if he was a God. 
he was doing signs and wonders and he marveled at the power and the authority of Jesus Christ. And Jesus said that what? That without you being born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. And so what part of it? So in other words, when you begin to demonstrate authority, when you begin to walk in power, is a proof that the kingdom of God is now dwelling in the presence of men. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Number two, if we are going to live triumphant lives, or how did Jesus live a triumphant life, is that what? You must first and foremost deal with the issues in your mind. Praise the name of the Lord. You must first and foremost deal with the issues in your mind. You know, someone said that every battle is first and foremost lost or won in your mind. Praise God. Every battle is first and foremost lost or won in your mind. And the reality of it is that what? How you approach your battle matters a whole lot. Praise God. How you approach life matters a whole lot. The Bible tells us in the book of Numbers, chapter 13, verse 30, the story, we know that story where Moses has sent 12 spies to go and spy out the land. God had given them the land because he made a promise to Abraham. And the Bible says that when they came back, the Bible said that they came back with an evil report. Because they said that although this land truly is flowing with milk and honey, it said, however, we are only but like grasshoppers in their sight. But Joshua and Caleb quieted the people. It says, let us go up at once, for our God is more than able. My charge to you, my brother and my sister, this afternoon is this. How are you fighting your battle? What is your mindset concerning that challenge you're going through? Because you realize that what? Whether you think you have won or whether you have, or whether you think you have lost, either ways you are correct. Praise God. I'll say it again. Whether you think you have won the battle or whether you think you have lost the battle, ways you are correct. Because I always say that what? God is only responsible for what you believe him for. Hallelujah. God is only responsible for what you believe him for. How you approach your battles of life. Detail. Look at what the scripture says in the book of Luke chapter 10. When you read from the beginning of that passage, the Bible said that, and Jesus called the 70 disciples and he sent them out. Hallelujah. And the verse 17 says that, and the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, the demons are subject to us in your name. Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Saw past tense. Hallelujah. In other words, the devil is already what? Defeated. But why are we still living in defeat today? Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, the question I will ask you is, if you lost your phone, say for example, you left your phone here in church, and I took your phone, or your phone was, uh, let me not use myself for example, because maybe you say, oh, pastor took my phone. Anyways, he's a man of God, let me just throw it into his life. You know, let's say you left your phone here in church, and somebody stole your phone, 
and you come to church next Sunday and the person is using the phone, what would you do? Praise the name of the Lord. What would you do? You approach the person and take what, what belongs to you. Now, the question is, when was the phone your phone? When it was stolen or after it was stolen? Either ways, it was always your phone. And so, all you need to do is what? Give me back what belongs to me. And this is why we say that what? When, as a believer, you don't fight for your victory. It was won on the cross of Calvary. You are only taking what belongs to you. And so, Jesus said to the disciples, He says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And he says, behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. What? Over all the enemy. You see, when I read that passage two weeks ago, I've read this several times, but when I read that part, it says, I've given you power over all. You see, when the Bible says all, it means all and not some. The devil was not left with anything. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. There was no ayata of power left with the devil. If not, Jesus would not have said, I've given you all. Hallelujah. And he says what? And says, nothing shall by any means hurt you. Remember, Jesus is the example. Hallelujah. Jesus is important for us to understand this. Jesus is the example. Not your pastor, not any man of God. First and foremost, Jesus is the example. Because the reality of it is when you make man your example, I, I will take time to explain this so I don't confuse us. When you make man or when you place all your confidence in flesh, even the best of us is still a man. Praise the name of the Lord. And so Jesus here was the example, he is the pattern. And the reason why I say it's dangerous to make man your confidence is because when they disappoint you, you begin to believe what Christ said is a lie. Praise the name of the Lord. When you see a man of God fall or make a mistake, it almost seems like as if Jesus was what? Lying. But Jesus became the example that you and I must pattern our lives after. Because if Jesus could do it, he did it as a man. He did not do it as God. He was here to show you and I that what? It is possible to live this victorious life. Praise God. And so your desire, the, the role of men and women of God is only to provide us with a guide. Praise the name of the Lord. Is to open us up to these possibilities just like how I'm doing today. Praise the name of the Lord. Yes, my life, you may look at me, for example, and say, perhaps I, I hold some form of influence in your life, but in doing so, you must do so with caution. Praise the Lord. You must do so with what? Caution. Because Jesus remains first and foremost the example. That is why Paul was saying, follow me as I do what? I follow Christ. Praise the name of the Lord. Christ is the one that we are following. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And the reason why I say this again is because how you fight your battles matter a lot. You see, our approach and our response determines how we, whether we live in victory or not. A man of God said that it is not unspiritual to be challenged, but it's anti-covenant to be defeated.
And it's very, very important for you and I to embrace this truth. So perhaps you are facing challenges and you are wondering, God, why me? God is only trusting you because when you win that battle, that's why the Bible says that God, through us, spreads the knowledge in every place. Could you imagine if Hannah could not conquer barrenness? Who would you have as an example to call unto God when you are struggling to bear children? Praise the name of the Lord. Could you imagine if Peter could not defeat the enemy? How then can, or like for example, even David and Goliath, regardless of whatever giant you may be facing, could you imagine if David could not do that? How then can we face a challenge so great and be crying on God and saying, as you did it for David, oh Lord, do it for me. And so if scriptures were to be written in this day, God wants to make an example of you. Praise the name of the Lord. I think I said it here last Sunday. That the reason why you come to give testimonies is that through your testimony, somebody can believe God for the same thing. But that testimony at some point in time was a challenge. Praise God. Hallelujah. And so the challenge you're facing, it is not, and it's not ungodly to be challenged, but it's ungodly to be defeated. Praise God. But if we are going to win, it must first of all start with what? Your mind. That any battle you confront, you must embrace that truth. I have what it takes to conquer this thing. Praise the name of the Lord. I have got what it takes to defeat the enemy. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Therefore, if God can be for me, who dare you to challenge me? Because all it will take is a matter of time, but I will surely win. That must be the approach you and I embrace when we are challenged with the issues of life. Praise the name of the Lord. The question I want to ask you, do you know that just as the disciples came back, God has sent you and I? Praise God. Because sometimes you read the Bible as a storybook, but the reality of it is what? The day you gave your life to Jesus, you became a sent one. You became an apostle. Because apostles are those who are sent of God. Hallelujah. You became an apostle. That's what God is backing you up. Praise God. Perhaps you are doubting it. Even John chapter 20 verse 21. The Bible said that as the Father has sent me, I am also doing what? Sending you. So the question is, who are the you here? Matthew 28 verse 18 to 19. It says, and Jesus said to them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on the earth. It says, then go therefore and make disciples. If you are truly a disciple of God, my brother and my sister, God has sent you. God has sent you. God has sent you. And through that, you are able to win. Praise God. Your mindset must be that word, I must win this battle. I must win this battle. You cannot conquer me. Because only then are you able to do what? See the solutions around you. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Number three is that you and I must become what? Skilled in the word of righteousness. Praise God. Many a times we read the Bible as a fulfillment of requirements for existence or to be a believer. So that if the angel was to ask, did you read your scripture today? Yes, I did. But what's the point of reading it if it does not bless you? Praise God. The reason why you and I eat certain classes of food is not necessarily because we enjoy it. 
is because of the promised benefit it has to give us. Praise God. A good example is with children. I mean, for our children, for example, you will put vegetables on their plate. They will eat everything else and leave the vegetable. Praise God. But the reason why you are encouraged to eat it is not because you like it. It's because of the benefit it has for you. Praise the name of the Lord. And so every time you want to read the word of God, it's not necessarily because, oh, let God not be angry with me. No. The Bible says that what in the word of God is life. It says the word of God is quick and is what? Powerful. Praise the name of the Lord. It is quick and is powerful. So every time you embrace scripture, your approach should be God. What blessing do you have for me today? Because you see, when we are skilled in the word of God, you are able to know what to apply in certain situations of life. Praise the name of the Lord. You see, we are like pharmacists. Praise God. And the essence of a pharmacist is that when you have a particular issue and you go and tell the pharmacist, they are the ones to tell you what drug to take. Praise the name of the Lord. For a proper hospital, for example, you go and see the doctor. The doctor will tell you what the issues are and how it can be solved. But you see, it's a pharmacist that knows the actual drug to take and not the doctor. Praise God. And so the essence of the pharmacist here is to know what drug to take. The same principle applies when we are coming in contact with scripture. Again, I say that the essence of scripture is to bless. Every time you carry the Bible and you read and you're not blessed, don't live there. The Bible said that the letter kill it, but the spirit what? Give it what? Life. And Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, they are what? Spirit and they are life. And so anytime you take your Bible to read and you are not blessed, don't go. Be like Jacob. I will not let you go until what? You bless us. That's how we become skilled in the word of righteousness. The Bible says here, Ephesians 6 verse 17, it says, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. It takes skill to know how to navigate the sword. Praise the name of the Lord. It takes what? Certain level of skill. You know, the Bible tells us about the story of David and Goliath. And David and Goliath, when the Goliath was challenging the children of Israel, the Bible tells us that when David went to tell Saul that he was willing to fight the battle on behalf of Israel, they brought all the armor, the helmet, and everything. And the kings, and David said, I cannot use this because I have not what? Tested them. Hallelujah. I have not what? Tested them. In other words, I don't have any skill regarding this particular thing. And so how many times have we taken scriptures and applied it in the wrong context? Praise the name of the Lord. For every time you use a scripture wrongly, the blessing is not supposed to manifest. Praise the name of the Lord. And this is why Paul was saying, or the writer of Hebrews says, for everyone who partakes of milk is what? Unskilled in the word of righteousness. For he is what? But a babe. But solid food belong to those who by reason of use, hallelujah, use is what? Daily application 
Hallelujah. And have having their senses exercised, praise God, to discern between what good and what is evil. You and I must become skilled in the word of God. That is the only way we can live a triumphant Christian life. You see, Jesus at no point in time was confused. The Bible says in the book of John chapter 6 verse 6 that a challenge was brought to Jesus. And they said that what? These people are many, but we don't even have what to feed them with. And Jesus asked Philip, what do we have in the purse? And the Bible said in the verse 6 that Jesus asked this question, knowing in himself what to do. Hallelujah. Knowing in himself what to do. You know, I always tell my friends, every challenge, there is a wisdom solution for every problem in life. There is a wisdom solution for every challenge you're going through, regardless of that challenge. And that solution is found in scripture. That is why it says all scripture is what? Profitable. And for those who understand business, you are in business when you keep making profit. The time you keep making losses, at no point in, at some point in time, you will do what? Have to close down. And so when the Bible says that all scripture is what? Profitable. There is a benefit in every letter of scripture. But only when we become skilled in it are we able to enjoy the dividends therein. Praise the name of the Lord. Look at what Paul was telling Timothy here. It says, till I come, give attention to what? Reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine. It says, and do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands. Now, the verse 15 is excellent. It says, but do what? meditate on these things and give yourself. The Bible said that he that speaketh in an unknown tongue does what? As a matter of fact, you know, I was listening to a sermon one day on this topic and someone asked, the, can the devil understand tongues? And the answer is no. And so, for example, if as a strategy you are praying in English, for example, and you are concerned, oh, okay, Lord, you know, tomorrow, these are my plans, help me let it succeed. And you are concerned, oh, the devil has known my plan and so he'll go and forestall it. When you pray in the Holy Ghost, he has no reason to understand. Why? Because you are praying unto God and not unto any man. Praise God. And so only God understands. That's why he said that word. But when we pray, we pray what? In a mystery. Praise God. Hallelujah. Number five. Number five is that what? You and I must operate from the place of faith hallelujah we must operate faith you are either living in fear or you are living from a place of faith and it takes faith to bring god upon the scene or to manifest the intention of god upon the scene praise god the bible says in the book of hebrews chapter 11 this the elders obtained what a good report we must operate from the place of faith. And the only way faith comes is by what? Hearing the word of God. Hallelujah. Is by what? Hearing the word of God. And so you must be intentional. You must be deliberate. In a week, how many times do you take out time to listen to, uh, to the word of God? How many times do you take out time to read 
not just your morning devotion, but as a way of living, knowing that I am building up myself. Praise God. Because the reality of it is that what? We don't pray for challenges. But the, but the irony of it is that what? Challenges don't need your permission to occur. Praise God. And this is why what? We prepare ourselves for battle. Praise the name of the Lord. We prepare ourselves for what? Battle. And so the only way you and I can live triumphant lives is that we must be men and women of faith. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Finally, we must be men and women who are living a life of consecration. Praise God. Consecration is one of the things that I I believe is fading out in our generation. It's almost like as if holiness is now an old doctrine. Praise God. But you see, as much as the Bible says, you know, be ye holy as I who have called you is holy. Praise God. But you see, there is something that consecration does for you as a believer. You see, when God created us, there is a place of a conscience in our lives. And the reason why the devil always wants to tempt you and I is that he wants us to have a guilty conscience. Praise God. And whether you like it or not, whenever you commit a sin or you do something wrong, that's when you begin to feel guilty. That is when the devil begins to ask you, why should you pray? After all, are you not the one that just fornicated? Praise the name of the Lord. But when you are living a consecrated life, it is not that you are trying to walk in or perfect yourself in righteousness. No. I'm only living in a manner that is pleasing to the Father. And so when I come into his presence, I'm not coming from a place of fear. Because I know that I'm doing what pleases the Father. You see, our conscience is so important as believers. Praise the name of the Lord. That the only reason why the difference between you and the unbeliever is that their conscience has been seared with iron. Praise God. And so they no longer feel anything when they commit anything that is bad. They don't. The same guilt you feel is a proof that perhaps there is still hope for you. Praise God. Look at what the Bible says in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 4. When you read from verses 1 and 2, the Bible says that now the Spirit expressly says that in the later times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and the doctrines of demons, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with iron. Praise God. So the things of God no longer moves them. For you, you're saying, but how can somebody pick a gun and shoot somebody? It's because you have a conscience. Praise God. The only reason or the only difference is a healthy conscience. Praise God. And that is why when we become saved, the Bible says that the blood of Jesus is able to purge our conscience from dead works. Praise God. Because that purging has to take place. Because it's only then I'm able to be before the Father and I'm praying knowing that there is no guilt, there is no shame, there is no condemnation. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. We must be men and women who are given to what? Consecration. Nathaniel Bassi would always say that what? Your calling determines your consecration. Praise the name of the Lord. 
Hallelujah. And in conclusion, I said here that the secret to being great at anything is what? Consistency. Praise the name of the Lord. Consistency. You see, one of the things that I've, I've learned from the devil, like I said, his strategies will never change, is that if you succeed to read your Bible, you succeed to pray, then he begins to fight your consistency. That is why you would find yourself today, you'll pray for two hours and you're feeling very good with yourself. But the next day, he tries to fight you from being consistent because it is from a place of consistency that we are able to generate power. Praise the name of the Lord. It's from a place of consistency that we are able to generate power. Praise the name of the Lord. I mean, it's, it's, God uses the elements of nature to teach us certain things. Praise God. If I rub my hands against this pulpit, it's generating nothing. But if I continually do so, at some point in time, I'm generating heat. That is how it is in the spirit. That today I pray in tongues for 30 minutes. Tomorrow I do the same. The next day I do the same. All of a sudden, not even knowing, I'm praying for three hours. Praise the name of the Lord. Why? Because I have been consistent in doing. That's what Paul was telling Timothy. That in all these things that I've told you, take heed to yourself and to doctrine. And he says, continue in them. Hallelujah. Continue in them, for in doing this, you will both save yourself and those who hear you. Praise the name of the Lord. This is how we live lives of victory. Because until you and I are able to be consistent, and that's why my, my, my charge for us today is to make up your mind. Regardless of what it will take me, I will choose to be consistent. Whether it be in prayer, if I set my alarm to pray from 12 to 1 o'clock or from 12 to 12.30, it doesn't matter. Regardless of how tired I am, because the Bible says what? Even when you're tired, the essence of the Holy Spirit is to help you in the place of your weakness. Praise God. Is to help us in the place of our weaknesses. The Bible said that for we do not know what to pray. Praise God. But the Spirit of God helps us what? In our weaknesses. The reason why we need God is to strengthen us in the places that we are weak. That's why the scriptures weak say that what? I am strong. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And by doing this, by the grace of God, we will live lives that the Father will see and will receive the glory in heaven. Hallelujah. Let us bow our heads even as we pray. Perhaps you're here and you are yet to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Like I said earlier on, it takes only someone who is a believer to access the keys of the kingdom. The Bible said that I have already given you the keys of the kingdom, but only those who are saved. And that is why you and I must make that decision. Perhaps you're watching me online, or perhaps you are here on ground, and you are yet to give your life to Jesus. The invitation is being made out today. Inviting you to come and live that life of triumph. That Zoe kind of life. Because indeed God desires that every of his children live a life of victory. Hallelujah. Perhaps you are there that you have started with God. 
but at some point in time you lost your way that invitation is still open today that if only would you would open your mouth and cry out for the lord to come into your heart only then will you be saved because the scripture tells us that with the mouth confession is made unto salvation and the heart is believing unto righteousness these are the conditions for being saved jesus wants to touch your heart jesus wants to show his triumph in your life if you're that person today why don't you say with me lord jesus come into my heart today forgive me of my sins i acknowledge that you died on the cross of calvary for me the day you rose again ask him to cleanse you with his blood and grant you the grace to walk in the realities of the new creation even as you confess him as the lord and the savior of your life father in the name of jesus i present my brothers and my sisters who have said this prayer just like zacchaeus you said to him today salvation has come into your house pray for these ones oh god that in their families oh god you have not just saved them but you have also saved their families that perhaps there are people here who their family members are yet to come to the knowledge of the saving grace of jesus that lord through their triumphs in their lives you would convince their family members oh god but at the end of the day oh god in heaven let all the glory return to you in jesus mighty and matchless